as if I was no more than the commonest feller in the parish. And how long of this news about me being no parson Tringham? The clergyman explained that as far as he was aware, it had quite died out of knowledge and could hardly be said to be known at all. His own investigations had begun on a day in the preceding spring, when, having been engaged in tracing the vicissitudes of the D'Urberville family, he had observed Derbyfield's name on his wagon, and had thereupon been led to make inquiries about his father and grandfather, till he had no doubt on the subject. "'At first I resolved not to disturb you with such a useless piece of information,' said he. "'However, our impulses are too strong for our judgment sometimes. I thought you might perhaps know something of it all the while.' "'Well, I have heard once or twice tis true that my family had seen better days afore they came to Blackmore, but I took no notice of it, thinking it to mean that we had once kept two horses, where we now keep only one. I've got a old silver spoon and a old graven seal at home, too, but, Lord, what's a spoon and a seal? And to think that I and these noble D'Urbervilles were one flesh all the time. "'Twas said that my gr- grandfather had secrets and didn't care to talk of where he came from. "'And where do we raise our smoke now, parson, if I may make so bold? "'I mean, where do we D'Urbervilles live? "'But you don't live anywhere. You are extinct as a county family.' "'That's bad.' "'Yes. "'What the mendacious family chronicles call extinct in the male line. That is, gone down, gone under. Then where do we lie? At Kingsbeer sub-Greenhill, rows and rows of you in your vaults, with your effigies under Purbeck marble canopies. And where be our family mansions and estates? You haven't any. Oh, no lands, neither. None, though you once had them in abundance, as I said, for your family consisted of numerous branches. In this county there was a seat of yours at Kingsbeer, and another at Sherton, and another in Millpond, and another at Lulstead, and another at Wellbridge. And shall we ever come into our own again? Ah, that I can't tell. And what had I better do about it, sir? asked Derbyfield after a pause. Oh, nothing. Nothing, except chasing yourself with the thought of how are the mighty fallen. It is a fact of some interest to the local historian and genealogist, nothing more. There are several families among the cottages of this county of almost equal luster. Good night. But you'll turn back and have a quart of beer with me on the strength at Parson Tringham. There's a very pretty brewing tap at the pure drop, uh, though to be sure not so good as at Rolliver's. No, thank you. Not this evening, Derbyfield. You've had enough already. Concluding thus, the parson rode on his way, with doubts as to his discretion in retailing this curious bit of law. When he was gone, Derbyfield walked a few steps in a profound reverie, and then sat down upon the grassy bank by the roadside, depositing his basket before him.
In a few minutes, a youth appeared in the distance, walking in the same direction as that which had been pursued by Durberfield. The latter, on seeing him, held up his hand, and the lad quickened his pace and came near. Boy, take up that basket. I want a to go on an errand for me. The lath-like stripling frowned. Who be you then, John Durbeyfield, to order me about and call me boy? You know my name as well as I know yours. <laughs> do you? Do you? That's a secret. That's a secret. Now, obey my orders and take the message I'm going to charge ye with. Well, Fred, I don't mind telling you that the secret is that I'm one of a noble race. It has only just been found out by me this present afternoon p.m. And as he made the announcement, Derbyfield...